Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week, this week being May 10th through May 16th. And as we've been talking about, May is a very interesting month as we have a lot of different things happening, and this week is no exception. This week we have the new moon. And we have Jupiter changing signs, and we have a host of other transits and things going on that we want to become aware of as the changing landscape of the week may create some disturbances, let's say, in our force <laughs> or in our, our fields around us. Uh, I hope all of you had a wonderful Mother's Day. I did. It was beautiful weather yesterday, albeit a bit chilly. Uh, at least for the early part of the day. And we spent time with family having a barbecue. Actually, it really wasn't a barbecue. We ended up um, cooking chicken in the oven instead. And we played games and we just had fun. And it was really nice to just chill, right? Not to have to do anything or be anything. Uh, so that all was nice. I hope you all had the same kind of nice day. Um, so here's how we're going to work this morning. We're going to talk about the week ahead, and then we're going to dive into the moon, which is already into Taurus and preparing for its new phase, which will occur tomorrow. Then we'll talk about what that new moon is about and what the connections are to the moon. And then uh, we'll also talk about Neptune because Neptune today is changing gates in your human design, moving from a gate of um, surrender and emotional intelligence, learning about reaction and versus response or learning to respond and release reaction to a gate that I think is going to be interesting for all of us is the gate 36. It's the one on the emotional center right next to the gate 22. In its lowest expression is the gate of crisis or turbulence. And to put a planet that's already sort of confused or at times can be confused or can have a sort of a fuzziness about it and putting it into a gate of crisis. I just don't know how that is going to play out for all of us, but we'll dive in and take a look at that. And then um, Mars in a sextile to Uranus. We'll talk about that as well. And then of course I'm here on Wednesday this week. So we'll be able to talk about what else is happening. We'll dive deeper into the Jupiter transit or the Jupiter moving into Pisces on Wednesday when we talk. And then on Friday, we'll go into some of the other en energies for the week. Now um, I'm, uh, let's see, gonna check in really quickly to see, make sure everything's going the way it's meant to be going this morning. Uh, I know poor Asa is working with or dealing with a computer issue right now. So if you're not getting graphics, and if you've even noticed that, it's because that she has uh, had a, a, a laptop breakdown on her. She won't have that back until tomorrow. So uh, she's joining us. I hope this morning, there you are. Yeah, I see you, Asa. She's joining us from her phone this morning. 
and uh, she she hopefully will be able to get questions to me. If not, then I will check back here. So let's say good morning to Pauline. It's great to see you. Ingrid, good morning and happy Monday to you as well. Debbie Tippett's two meal. Good morning. Mimi, hello there. And Kathleen, good morning. Christine Buckingham, good morning. And Tammy Smith, good morning. It's great to see you ladies out there today. And I'm sure there are others that will pop in as we uh, get moving through here this morning. So let's first talk about what the uh, transits are for the week ahead. So this week is, of course, starting today and then moving through Sunday. Today is the day Neptune is going to move, or it has moved already at sunrise, into the gate 36. The gate 36 is on that emotional center. And the emotional center, of course, is fielding all of the emotions and all of the feelings that we have. It is the seat of emotional awareness. And so when we have planets sitting at one of those gates, and especially one like Neptune that's going to tend to move slowly through the gate, it brings up the energies around that gate to us uh, for an extended period of time, but also for us to do to deal with as individuals, but mostly as a collective. So we're taking a, a, a peek at what it is for us as a collective, as humanity, and what that is going to mean for us as time goes on. Um, that is basically the, 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 the only energy for today that's of newness, but we're also in that dark of the moon phase. We're closing out the entire moon cycle that began with the new moon in Aries last month. So we're squaring with, or we're looking down uh, the barrel at the new moon in Taurus that will occur tomorrow. And at the same time, tomorrow we have Mars that is going to be in a sextile to Uranus. Now sextile, right? The word in the middle of the two planets talks about the relationship that the two planets have. So we have Mars, the planet of action, the, the aggressor, if you will, or the more assertive planet. And we have the planet Uranus, also fairly assertive at bringing us change and disruption, sometimes surprises and excitement and uh, those aha moments. So we bring those two together in a sextile, which is a representation of a 60 degree angle. And we might have some fireworks. We could start singing fireworks, the song by Katy Perry, but I think it's not fireworks necessarily in a negative way. Remember, Mars is in Cancer, so it's a water sign, Uranus in Earth. And so we have maybe a more muted example of where some of the actions might go. We'll talk a little bit about that more in just a minute. Wednesday, Mercury is in a trine to Saturn, the Sun in a sextile to Neptune. But the Sun and Moon are already in a sextile pretty much to uh, Neptune uh, on the new moon tomorrow. So we'll have to take a look at that. Thursday is our day that Jupiter is moving out of Aquarius and into the sign of Pisces, where he will spend about two months and before retrograding and moving backward into Aquarius to complete his transit there. So we kind of get a little sneak peek into what some of the energies might be later on in this year uh, and beginning um, 2022 or all of 2022. On Friday, we have a free day, nothing much going on. Saturday is our new human design week and Venus changing phase. 
and that affects us collectively or as a society. So we'll take a look at that. Sunday is another sort of free day. Now, as I say that, I mean that there's nothing new, <laughs> nothing new upon us, but some of the transits that are occurring and some of the changes that will occur this week are with us through even those days where there's nothing new jumping up at us. So even though, well, it, it just, it's not a quiet week by any means, but it's not necessarily a horrible week either. It's just a week of some changes and some um, potential, right? Some potential. I think there's a real beauty around this week if we're willing to get out of our own way and adopt a, um, an ability to be adaptable and flexible, right? To be able to go with the flow, if you will. And as well this week, we're going to end up winding down the Pleiadian Earth week. I believe on Wednesday, we get to 13. And then the beginning of the new week will be the for the 13 day period of time is going to be one moving. Moving energy is just what it states, moving, moving um, upward, outward, inward, maybe. Um, it sort of feels to me like um, the energy of change or transformation. And indeed, the symbol for the Pleiadian change this week will be uh, the snake or the serpent. And we know that they shed their skin when they grow. And that is kind of a great uh, uh, symbol, let's say, of what we may be going through as well during this particular week and on into that next 13-day period of time. So let's see who else is showing up with us this morning. J-Lo, hello. It's good to see you. Tammy says, you look lovely with your animal print. This was a last minute addition to my wardrobe this morning. I just kind of felt like uh, the colors I was wearing required to have the, the breaking up of the print because I was basically, there's a black shirt underneath and my tan sweater because it was chilly. And uh, yeah, so thank you though. Erica Dorsey, good morning to you from Indiana, Indiana, in Diana City. J-Lo, um, she's very excited to see what goes on as I have Saturn in Cancer and uh, Saturn in Cancer. So you're, um, you're having um, Mars move across your Saturn and sometimes Mars moving across your Saturn, your natal Saturn can cause you to start to take action in a very disciplined way, in a, a way that supports your um, being able to take the next steps. So have a plan JLo and be willing to do what your Taurus self requires, which is taking that step-by-step, -step, right? Making progress in a step-by-step -step way. So you'll be able to fulfill what Saturn is pushing you for in terms of emotional alignment, cancer, right? Home and nurturing energy, um, making uh, safety and security and uh, a foundation, something that you, that is important to you um, and helping others to find their roots and their safety security spots as well. So there you have that. Um, all right, I don't see any other questions or anything going on here. So let's just jump into what does the moon in Taurus mean? We'll do that. And then we can have the conversation around what the new moon in Taurus is bringing for all of us. So the moon is in Taurus this morning and will find itself in a sextile to Mars, a conjunction to Uranus and a square to Saturn. So we have 
uh, two sort of challenging aspects for the moon today and one that's moving pretty smoothly. So earlier in the day, we have the sextile to Mars. Remember a sextile means that the planets in the signs that they are in, in the sextile, are, are able to understand each other's language, right? They can understand each other and in a way that uh, at other times in other um, aspects that they don't, right? And, and this, the, the sextile energy, unlike the trine, which is uh, another ease and flowing sort of energy, the sextile still has the energy to, to work together where the trine can sometimes get a little bit lazy because things are just flowing so smoothly across that trine that you don't really have to show up and try very hard. And uh, so often the trines in your chart can show where you have great talent and where things can flow so easily that you don't stretch or you don't grow. The sextile isn't quite like that though, because these two are wanting to really work together because they can see each other's point of view. And so here we have the moon in Taurus, the building sign, the sign of the builder with Mars in uh, Cancer, who also likes to build, wants to build the foundation. So Taurus and Cancer are related here by their ability to do what needs to be done, what's necessary to start from the foundation and build up. So we have some really good energy for the moon with uh, Mars today. Uh, a little bit later in the day, Mars, or excuse me, the moon is going to move into that conjunction with Uranus. So we might have some surprises, some shifts and changes, maybe changes to the schedule that you thought you were going to have this week, um, but maybe surprises that are really good, that are really positive, that push us in a new direction. Um, but it can also be surprises or shocks or things that, you know, sort of reverberate through us that cause us to take a second look at what we're doing or what our lives represent, especially our emotional lives or the, the, the cycles of our lives. Uh, Uranus, you know, is, <clears throat> he seeks change. He seeks to, he seeks change as a way to liberate us. So wherever in your life you may be stuck is where it might be that aha, that, that light bulb that comes on or where the universe uh, works to your benefit by creating a pathway of change, right? And the only issue comes up when we resist change, right? When we resist, we dig in. Taurus is a master at digging in and, and being bullish, right? Sticking to their guns, um, sticking to their, their situation and not making change. So we are faced with perhaps having to allow surrender even a bit to the universal flow of energy and the direction that it seems to be taking us in. And then much later in the day, moon will come into a square with Saturn that sometimes takes our emotional energy down uh, into melancholy, perhaps, or into a more pensive or more uh, internally focused energy. And it's not a bad energy by any means, but you know how Saturn is. Saturn exacts the his pound of flesh. And in this case, it might be a trigger, a, something that triggers an emotional response. And then you're left dealing with what does that all mean? Sometimes it's just low energy with the moon. It might be that you are more sleepy or more tired or more lethargic. Maybe you just need to chill, right? Not do anything for a while. 
And if that's the case, be willing to allow yourself that, that, that simple pleasure of just doing nothing, maybe pick up a good book or even just sit out and enjoy the weather, listen to the birds and the bees and um, just enjoy, right? Uh, that's later in the day. Now, let's take a look at the overall energy of Taurus. So, of course, the very first thing on the list as I look at it is money. Taurus has to do with material comforts and in our way of life, it's money that can buy those material comforts. Of course, there are other modes of exchange. We can barter, we can trade, all of that kind of stuff is, is there too in the sign of uh, Taurus, but we really relate money, the economy, the stock market, banking, all to do with uh, Taurus. Now, this morning, I wasn't really looking at the news, but I don't think that I saw any economic related news. But much to my happiness over the weekend, cryptocurrencies went through the roof. Um, so some of the more obscure ones that I own are suddenly making me money. So I like that idea that there's this alternative currency that we have that we can tap into that is really showing promise as time goes on with uh, uh, Uranus in the sign of Taurus and now with a Taurus new moon. So there's that. Uh, but we're also talking about resources and possessions, the things we own. And the things that we own or the things that we put our money toward purchasing all come right down to our value. What is it that we value? And most of the time we are buying things or trading our time for dollars to things that we value or in order to purchase things that we value. So Taurus has a lot to do with money, possessions, resources, but also our values. And of course, Venus is the ruler, the ruling planet of Taurus. And she also represents money and values but also relationships. So if you value relationships, this is also a time for that, for making sure that your relationships are strong. Uh, as well, Taurus is a sign of sensuality. So we have all of the senses uh, highlighted here, aromas, flavors, touch, hearing, seeing, beauty, right? All of the visual uh, stimulation that we can have by just looking around us right now. It's springtime here in the Northern Hemisphere. Flowers are blooming, trees are budding out. It's really just beautiful when you take a look around at how bright the sun seems to be. So taking the time to tap into the senses, to smell the air, right? The, the flavors of spring and all of the physical senses that can bring us comfort, right? So sometimes during this period of the year, it's great to reach out to those things that make you feel good. So we have that because we're also dealing with the energy of enjoyment in Taurus, enjoying, appreciating, being in gratitude, having contentment, right? Happiness, Taurus brings us to the brink of that and or shows us where it is that we're missing that in our lives. Taurus is also, as we said, a sign of building. And what is a Taurus interested in building? Not just buildings, right? It's not about the, I'm building a building, although Certainly, they could be master builders that way, but it's also the energy of building a foundation, something that's solid, something that can stand the test of time. It's very like Capricorn in that respect, 
and it's uh, a sign it's an earth sign so it has that uh, need and desire to build something of lasting value or that is going to stand the test of time and weather etc it is a sign of persistence it is a sign of perseverance Taurus can, like I say, dig in and digging in doesn't necessarily mean something not good. It can be that they're very persevering, right? They're going to endure and stay the course, which is also another uh, quality here that brings us to loyalty. What are they loyal to? And once they give their loyalty, they tend to stick with that. They don't give up their loyalty very easy. It is a sign of thoroughness. And that thoroughness occurs from step-by-step -step approach. Does that sound a little bit like Capricorn? The step-by-step -step approach to creating something or building something. So thoroughness, step-by-step -step building, persistence, endurance, all of that also a part of our experience in Taurus. And that, that of course, we're sitting here with the, the new moon getting ready to occur tomorrow. So what is it we want to build? right? We could be thinking about that and building a life, building a business, building uh, a better birdhouse. It doesn't really matter, uh, but uh, building has to be taken by a step-by-step -step plan, right? You can't just go from A to D. This will probably be most difficult energy for our manifesting generators who like to jump steps. And uh, with a Taurus new moon, Taurus moon itself, we may not be able to do that as easily. We might be going, oops, I need to go backwards now. So having that ability to do the step-by-step -step is a part of this progress that we're making with Taurus energy. Taurus is also a sign of reliability, patience, steadfastness, uh, dependability, trustworthiness. These are all values, of course, that Taurus has, but also traits that Taurus carries. So wherever Taurus is in your personal chart, is where these things are showing up by area of your life. And self-worth, another powerful experience in Taurus, where our strong values come from a sense of knowing our worth, knowing our intrinsic value, not the value that we place upon ourselves because of what we do, of, a, of how much money we have, or uh, our experiences, but our intrinsic value, right? Being born with intrinsic value as a spark of the divine in your human body. So being human gives us intrinsic value, right? Rather an intrinsic meaning inside of us, right? Inside of us, not looking for our value based on those things that are of short-term uh, importance in the outer world, right? It's the intrinsic value that matters most. And self-worth for Taurus also includes boundaries right? Building the boundary so that you are contained in a, in a way that you have a structure or a form from which to build from. If you don't have the solid foundation, it's very difficult to sustain a structure or a form. Uh, so a boundary is sort of like having that foundation so that things in your life can stand the test of time. Okay. Every sign has its shadow. <laughs> we can't deal with a sign without going into, we can't deal with any energy without thinking of it as the spectrum or the continuum of energies through which we choose 
here's where your free will is people you choose where you're going to express the energy right are you going to express it in the highest are you going to be in the neutral or are you going to be in the negative right that's always where our free will is and shadow side of taurus is stubbornness that digging in right and being stubborn that attachment to the way things are going to be <laughs> that come hell or high water it's going to be this way right um resistance to change Taurus as an earth sign, as a fixed sign, fixed is the modality that it works through, fixedness is persistent, but resistant to change. There's possessiveness here as well, and that's coming in a little bit from the Scorpio other side, right? Scorpio is the opposite of Taurus, and sometimes the more negative traits that we experience in any sign comes from the opposite sign or the opposing energy holding dogmatic opinions they're the best when it comes to holding those dogmas right they stay the course if they have a belief it is very difficult to shake up that belief even if it if even if they're wrong even if they're dead wrong and they know it they're going to hold that course they're going to hold that dogma and stagnation, also an issue. So we need to be looking at the places in our own lives where we're stuck, where we're too rigid, where we're holding dogmatic opinions, where we are resistant to changing or allowing change to happen, right? But it is also a sign in the physical body that rules the voice, the neck, the thyroid. Um, it is all about the metabolism, right? The throat in human design is the center that really rules our metabolism. And that's because the thyroid is the master gland that creates uh, the hormones and the, um, uh, I don't even know what else you would call them, the, the chemicals, let's say, in the body that, um, that rule our metabolism and how we're going to use energy. So in, you know, matters relating to health, Taurus rules everything to do with the neck. So if you wake up with a stiff neck, it might be coming from that Taurus part of your chart and you're holding yourself too, too steady, too, too rigid. You might need to loosen up a little bit and see a wider field, right? So that's our Taurus energy. Questions, comments. I forgot to look at my phone. Sorry, Asa, if there's somebody out there with a question. Uh, no, okay, good. That's all just other stuff. Perfect. All right, but if anybody has questions, you can still get them to Asa and get them to me. Let me take a quick look over here. Um, JLo says, yes, I do that sometimes. I end up in a rabbit hole and have to self-talk and look nutty. Ah, that's funny. The endocrine system. Uh, it, well, the thyroid I'm, is part of the endocrine system, but Taurus itself does not rule the endocrine system. The endocrine system is kind of built by the different glands that are involved in the system itself so uh different signs have different parts of of that system in there uh same thing in human design by the way different centers have uh, a different part of the endocrine system that they are involved with so the master glands the pituitary gland the pineal gland the pancreas uh, of all these different parts of that system are sort of in different signs based on the hormones or the chemicals that it produces and and how it works in the body so 
In this case, we're dealing with the thyroid gland in and the parathyroids as well for um, Taurus energy. Okay, so let's take a look at the new moon. Let me get back to Zoom real quickly here and I'm gonna share my screen Oops, with you. Uh, let's see, which one do I wanna look? Let's look at this one first. So here is the chart of the new moon and the new moon occurs on May 11th at 3 p.m. in Washington, D.C. So the Eastern time zone, that will be noon for us here on the West Coast. And for those of you in Europe, it will happen more like, let's see, noon here is gonna be seven or 8 p.m. for you. And, oh, it tells me right here, 1700, 7 p.m. Uh, for those of you in the, in the uh, universal time zone. And that means pretty much all of us having the experience of the new moon on the same day. I'm not sure about Australia. Uh, we can take a look at that later if you'd like then this is what the chart would look like if the new moon were a person, right? So we take an event, we can take it and uh, get its birth time, in this case, 3 p.m. East Coast time, and we can put the date in and we can generate a chart. So this chart becomes the demonstration of the new moon as an entity, let's say. And what we see here is a chart with a lot of energy on one side. Right? There's very little energy over here in the eastern horizon. A lot of it is on the western horizon, which means that some of the energies for us are things that are happening that uh, are not necessarily self-driven, that these are things that we're going through collectively. There are things that are evolutionary. There are things that we are experiencing through others. So not just things that we say, oh, I want that. I'm heading that direction. There seems to be um, a lot more focus and energy on how it is we're going to do these things together. So when we look at the chart, the first thing we always want to see is where's the sun and the moon going to be because it's a new moon chart. And here we see them in Taurus. And because I'm using the whole sign system, Taurus is going to show up in your personal chart. If you've gotten it from me, especially recently, it's going to show up in one house. It's not going to be split makes my life so much easier, <laughs> makes your life so much easier when we could look at this and say, Taurus, in, if this were a person is occurring in the ninth house of growth and expansion of beliefs and philosophies of seeing the bigger picture, right? It's so much easier to have that defined in one house. And the more astrologers that I find out there, um, the, the more they're starting to use whole sign because it just makes sense. It simplifies, this is Taurus time of year. Simplification is preferred. The simplest way is to find it in one house, not the split houses. So in, if this again were a person, the ninth house rules everything to do with growth and expansion, seeing the bigger picture, maybe some traveling, uh, maybe some study of a higher nature, uh, not elementary school or um, even high school, but the, the studies that we take on after we graduate from school. So college level uh, or uh, specialty sorts of education. And what you're seeing here is there's the moon and the sun aren't alone in that house. Um, we have the black moon Lilith very close here at 22 degrees of Taurus. And she's ruling the shadow energies. The shadow energies for the collective right now are about money, are about prosperity, are about the fear of lack or scarcity. 
And the, the shadow energy then is triggering us to look for abundance, to redefine abundance. What does that mean? What does it mean to be abundant? Um, how is that connected to our happiness? Remember, Taurus is about contentment and being happy, happy in simplicity, not in the complex uh, sort of life that we built. So what are the simple pleasures that remind us that we live in an abundant universe? And how do we connect with that each and every moment? So that's a part of the experience collectively as well. Then Uranus is not far behind. 10 degrees is, um, especially with the relative strength of Taurian energy in the new moon, I would say that Uranus sitting here, even though it's 10 degrees, is still bringing us the potential for uh, a shock or an awakening or an initiation of some sort into something new something grander, perhaps, seeing things maybe, maybe because of the distance from the sun, it's maybe easier to see what direction you have to go in. Um, I think we talked about this on Friday a little bit. There's a, a concept in astrology about planets that sit very close to the sun being difficult for them to be seen. So last month when we had the new moon, um, uh, well, was it last month? Well, we had a different con connection last month, but let's just say if Uranus was closer to the sun, we might have a tough time seeing what it is that we need to change, right? The Taurus um, sun could have had so much power that we determined that we're just going to stay where we are, right? Because there's nothing that's obviously pushing me to change. Now, with that distance from the sun, uh, from Uranus to the sun, we have some maybe perspective to see what direction it's time to move in. So I think that plays into a very positive thing in this new moon, rather than sometimes the upset that comes along with uh, a Uranus conjunction to moon and sun. So then we also have the planet Ceres. She's a dwarf planet, but she's a planet nonetheless. Uh, she's at just one degree of Taurus, having just changed out of Aries uh, over the weekend. And Ceres represents the, she's the goddess of plenty. But in mythology, remember Ceres, who is also Demeter, um, and had a daughter, Persephone, right? And there's this part of the year things are out in the open and budding and growing and evolving and changing. And then the other half of the year things are dying. So we've moved into a new sign. We're in the spring, if you will, of this new energy of this sign. So we are starting to really maybe get a grip on what does it mean to be an, a, a, an abundant, in an abundant state? What does it mean to have material comfort? What does it mean to have a solid foundation? What what forms that foundation? What does it mean to be dependable and steadfast or to take step-by-step -step, um, take step-by-step -step motion towards something? So she's a positive, I think, in this, helping us to redefine our material lives, right? Our material natures. So I think this is a positive new moon in being able to see ourselves economically in a new way, uh, physically in a new way, um, and in our our seeing our values in a new way, realigning ourselves, if you will. 
Uh, the other house that seems to have a lot going on, of course, is Gemini as Venus rule moved into Gemini on Saturday and Mercury is already in Gemini. The North Node is in Gemini. And in this case, the Midheaven is in Gemini. That just means that that's the sign that would be up uh, at noon at the moment this chart was at this person or new moon is born. And that gives us a lot of potential for possibilities, right? thinking outside of the box a bit, following the threads of new ideas or uh, new collective possibilities. So this is a positive uh, in all of this as well. Now we also have Mars and um, Mars here and Uranus in a sextile for this new moon. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So I'm not going to address it too much here, but we have uh, the energy of um, Uranus and Taurus, finding new economic ground, new ideas of what it means to be abundant with Mars in Cancer, who wants to take action to make that happen, right? To build that foundation. And then the uh, next closest aspect is the new moon. And that means the sun and the moon in a sex, or I mean, a, yeah, sextile to Neptune at 22 degrees of Pisces. So we have a very spiritual connection here as well, using our imagination, becoming creative, um, using our creative imagination in positive ways to uplift, right? Surrendering a bit to the, um, to the, to the God within uh, so that we are aligned both inwardly and in an outward way. So very positive, right? I'm going to stop sharing that one and go to some of the more specifics here. So we have the new moon at 21 degrees, 15 minutes of Taurus. So wherever 21 degrees is in your personal chart is where the new moon will be sitting. Again, from May 11th, we have 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m., depending on your time zone, 12 p.m. on the West Coast and 3 p.m. on our East Coast here in the U.S. There's a theme the theme is reward for staying the course, for having faith, for doing your due diligence, for staying this in the step-by-step -step building of something. There's also a human design theme. And I was actually going to take a look deeper at this theme, and I totally just remembered that. Um, the theme here is in the gate 23, and the gate 23 is sitting on the throat center. It's reaching up to the Ajna. And it's a part of that channel of uh, the freak to genius. And it's an interesting one because the gate 23 assimilates the breakthrough that the gate 43 has, or the insight, the aha, but is able to break it down and put it into perspective. So a part of the experience that we have in this new moon might be these great ideas that other people bring to us or that we bring to other people and helping each other to break it down, to understand the insight, right? To understand how it all fits together. So again, we have another little piece of this uh, social or societal uh, puzzle where we see that we need each other, right? We have to have each other during this moon to really find a way to assimilate our insights, to be able to bring it into some form of, of clarity or to be able to act upon it. And it's interesting because anytime we have a gate on the throat, it is kind of cautioning us to 
be mindful of sharing what those insights might be. An insight shared in the wrong time in, with the wrong people can have a very negative effect on our ability to feel valued, heard, recognized, um, as sometimes people, people aren't ready for the idea that we're sharing. And then we feel like somehow, you know, they are, they're undermining our value. And on the other hand, if that's timing, that's an issue, then you share something out of time, out of the wrong or in the wrong timing. And then later someone else shares that very idea. And then that person gets the respect and the recognition for it, where you're like, but I said that three weeks ago. So we have to be careful that we're sharing when invited and invitation works both ways. It means that you could say, Hey, I've just had this brilliant idea. I'm not sure if you guys are ready for it yet. Are you ready to hear it? And if they say no, then don't share it. If they say yes, then you have this opportunity to really bring something new to light, to bring some new insight into um, the, the, the normal way of working things. And okay, that's not for me. Uh, all right, so then the closest aspects, we did talk about that when we looked at the other chart with the conjunction to Black Moon Lilith, to the sextile to Neptune, and the, I didn't mention this, but the trine to Pluto. Let me see if I can bring this in just a bit so you guys can see that. Here's Pluto down here at about 26 degrees of Capricorn. And a trine is a smooth flow. You can actually see uh, the trine, how it works here, right? This nice smooth leads to the building of an equilateral triangle, one of the more stable um, functional shapes that we have. And the reason I didn't bring it up as a trine or a grand trine is because the pieces over here that form the other end of the, of the triangle is the ascendant and the part of fortune. So it's not that there are planets there that help to anchor a grand trine, but they are things that are maybe more personal to us. So the ascendant here is going to be in the sign of Virgo and the part of fortune in the sign of Virgo. So one of the things we could say about this new moon is that it's likely very important for us to pay attention to both the details, the little minutia, as well as the bigger picture. So if you are in the building of something, whether, like I said, a relationship, a business, uh, a building, a garden, whatever it is, right, uh, you have to have the plan, and the plan has to be based on a bigger picture, so you can't lose sight of either. So that we see here in this trine as well. And then, of course, Pluto uh, in a trine to the new moon gives sort of that ability to make the transformations that are necessary in order to to move, right? To move ahead. Um, Capricorn is an initiating sign. It's a, what we call a cardinal earth. So it moves outward. It steps up, right? We have fixed earth as well with all of this Taurus energy that stays the course that can get caught up or stuck. And then we have Virgo energy, which is the mutable earth. Mutable earth changes things. So it might bring us joy. It might bring us fortune if we choose to change if we choose to give up and let go of all of those old tapes running in our heads or those old tapes that have been directing our actions and allow the new 
right? That could be a very strong theme here in this particular um, time period. Um, okay, so we also have Mars in a square to Chiron. That's an, an, an other aspect that uh, I didn't show you in the other chart. So let's just talk a bit about this right now. So we have Aries and we have Cancer. So those two signs are square one another, which means that they can challenge one another. Aries is initiating, right? It is moving, it's new beginnings, it's bold, it's courageous, it steps out. Even if all the facts aren't known, it acts first, thinks later. Its ruler, Mars, is over here in Cancer, a sign that goes the sidewinder way. It doesn't come right at you. It goes the sideways, kind of being careful, hedging its bets. Mars not necessarily comfortable in Cancer, right? It gets a little bit defensive. It can be very moody energy. And so we have moody sidewinder energy where Mars is with Chiron in Mars's sign, creating a pathway, for hopefully of healing, but also triggering the wound. What's in the wound? We are maybe having to explore that. The wound in Aries is a wound of being self-sufficient, of being independent, of learning to become less codependent on others, but noting that we live together. Remember, this is energy all on that Western horizon and the, or the Western half hemisphere, let's call it. And it is the more social aspects of things. How do we work together? And uh, we might find that we can't just be independent, that we might have to reach out and get advice. We might have to reach out and get other people involved so that we can make progress. But for some people, that's hard, right? If you're in Aries, or maybe you have Mars in Aries in your natal chart, or the moon in Aries uh, in your natal chart, you're very used to being self-sufficient and not reaching out for help when you need it. So it might be the time to break down and include other people that whose wisdom might be able to help direct your next steps. So a very powerful new moon, definitely. I think it's a really good, uh, good feeling new moon. It's not one that makes me go, oh, but it is one that says, okay, I might have to do some work first, right? I might have to get some clarity around the direction I want to go first right? I might have to actually write up a plan. I might actually have to have those steps in front of me so I can see what it is I want to manifest. Remember the new moon is the time for manifesting, for directing your intentions, which as some of you who have been my coaching clients, when we get to the money in abundance unit, what we find in that module is we're talking about money and abundance, uh, we could be talking about anything and abundance, but let's just do abundance in general, is you have to know what you want. That's the primary, <laughs> the prime directive. You have to know what you want. If you do not know what you want, then you get this sort of ambiguity in what shows up. So you have to know what you want. The second thing is that you have to allow. You have to be in a state of allowing. You can't be working at cross purposes to what you want which means that we have to be aligned in our mind, in what we're saying or communicating and in our emotions, right? Heart and um, emotions, our um, words that we're using. And of course, what are we thinking about? 
when those things are in alignment with what you desire or what you want, then you have to also apply faith, right? Faith that you deserve it, that you can have it, that the universe isn't like ignoring you, um, that uh, you just have to have the correct alignment. You also have to just have the faith that everything comes in the right timing. When the right opportunity, the right timing, the right people are all together, then movement happens. But none of that movement can happen if you don't know what you want. So you got to start there. What do I want? What am I trying to create? This is a great time because when Taurus energy is highlighted, we often have an easier access to two energies, knowing what we want, what do we desire? So our desire nature and allowing <laughs> two of the three, right, are there for us. Then all we have to do is really align our emotions so that we are feeling um, prosperous or we're feeling abundant. We're feeling wonderful about whatever the intention is that we're trying to uh, grow or, um, oh, I thought that was Asa, sorry. So easy deal, right? Questions, please let Asa know. I'm going to go check back in real quick here to everybody. Um, Pauline and, oh, so JLo, interesting. There is an earth trine indeed. And Erica, I have a Scorpio stellium and I struggle with that stubbornness. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. But guess what Scorpio has going for it? <clears throat> Scorpio is the only sign that literally has the transformative ability to um, shapeshift, <laughs> really to shapeshift itself from the scorpion that is represented in the low energy, the scorpion that would rather sting itself to death than uh, transform or do what other people want it to do, to uh, from, from that scorpion to the eagle, right? Where the ability is, I'm going to raise my perception. I'm going to rise to the challenge and see a higher perspective of what more is possible. And then from that point of view, leading to the Phoenix, the change, the transformation, the death to a way of being so that a new one can be regenerated or rebirthed, right? Letting go and uh, rebooting um, yourself as it, as it were. So you have those abilities. They're inborn in Scorpio. You just have to get out of that Scorpio passive aggression in order to do that. And with uh, stellium, of course, it depends on what all those planets are that you have in Scorpio. Erica, I don't quite remember your, um, your chart. In fact, we did your human design, I think. I don't know if we did your astrology. So uh, wh whatever house that is in, in your chart is where you may have problems coming out of uh, that energy of um, stubbornness. Now, you know, stubbornness in and of itself could be termed differently. It could be determination, perseverance, right? It could be positive. So it's all about the perspective that you bring to it as well. Uh, Erica, I'm on Eastern time and 3 p.m. is my favorite time of day. I now have more of a reason to enjoy this time of day. There you go. Kathleen Mallory partners, solar eclipse, 21 degrees Sagittarius. Um, so I'm thinking you mean the prenatal solar eclipse? Is that what you're talking about? Or the, the kind of clarify that? I'm not sure what that has to do with this. Um, Kathleen says my natal nodes are at 21 degrees. Oh, because the new moon is at 21 degrees. Gotcha. And that's a good point because other pieces of the chart that might be sitting at around 21, 22 
degrees are also going to be activated during the new moon. So gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So his solar eclipse, I believe it's a prenatal solar eclipse that what he's here to teach might be activated during the new moon. Um, your seventh house relationship being activated during the new moon, Kathleen. Uh, your natal nodes are in 21 degrees uh, in Leo Aquarius, so across Leo Aquarius. So that's going to be um, a square <laughs> from Taurus. So there may be some places where you're bumping up against that stubbornness or that fixity, right? Where have I become too fixed? Where might I need to change? The, the sign of Leo, if your south node's in Leo, your north node would be in Aquarius. So it would be about how do I want to share my knowledge, my wisdom, uh, or of myself, my gifts and my talents with people, right? With my social media or with my friends or family. So there's that built into this new moon for you. Uh, JLo, go figure why I noticed the trine. It was a direct message for this little Taurus. And you're creating a dunce hat right now for the one who starts uh, Chiron or Mars. So let's reframe that, right? Um, because one of the things is about value, right? Value and self-worth. And a dunce cap would sort of bring you into stupidity or dumb or, uh, you know, not a positive experience. So you could reframe that, that I'm creating a smart cap right now that I wear when the light bulbs get turned on or when I am able to move through a, a challenge or when I'm able to move through a stubborn trait that I have. So, you know, make it the shape of a light bulb and call it your smart cap. You don't need a dunce cap. None of us do. Um, so Christine Buckingham, has anyone else noticed that YouTube has been undoing thumbs up likes lately for YouTube videos? No, but thank you for bringing that up, Christine. This is a great time to remind everybody, if you're liking the video, please hit the thumbs up button and feel free to share the video with your friends or your family uh, or your networks, your social medias. And as well, if you haven't yet subscribed, maybe you're a new listener here in the background today, please go to my YouTube channel, Living Astrology and subscribe, hit the thumbs up, share it. Uh, Pauline Solia, my 21 degree midheaven in Aries. So the, in Aries, so the, the it, it would be in a uh, semi sextile to the new moon. And that's a very minor um, aspect. Uh, it's not, it's not a powerful aspect, but it can create some tension and it might be the tension to make you get out of your own way and create something or to uh, share something, to become more authentic, to be more in your authority. So it could be an interesting moon for you as well. JLo, great idea. I often talk to myself and you know, we all do, we all do, but what are you saying to yourself? Ask that question, dare to ask yourself, what am I saying to myself? Am I saying how dumb I am? Am I saying, oh, you always foul things up? Am I saying to myself that, you know, you lack consistency, you lack whatever direction, whatever it is you're saying to yourself, if it's not positive, if it's negative, you need to change that self-talk um, because when they're at cross purposes, you're not getting anywhere right? That you're undoing what it is you think you want to be doing. So words have impact 
Words have power. Thoughts are words yet unyet, as of yet unspoken. They have power. Okay. Now, I can't believe it. It's almost nine. So let's transition over here to something else I wanted to talk about today, which is Neptune's move into uh, the sign or the sign into the gate 36. Hold on. I need to go back to zoom. Here we go. And there's Neptune. So I'm going to show you this graphic. It's also in the ebook that I sent out for everybody for May. So maybe you've already seen this. Um, but we have Neptune sitting at the gate 36, which in quantum human design is exploration. In traditional uh, human design, this is called the gate of crisis. You can see why maybe Karen Curry Parker changed the name from crisis to exploration because crisis kind of sets us up for the more negative expression of it. So here it is, it's the gate 36 sitting on the solar plexus. And right here, gate 22 is where Neptune has been for quite the while. It will get back there again, where it was creating an involution, right? An inner revolution or an inner evolution. Evolution is more external changes or um, uh, spiraling in consciousness or the uh, evolution of consciousness. This is the involution of consciousness. So how are we changing on the inner realm in order to facilitate change in the outer realm? And now moving into the gate 36, it becomes more experiential. This is going to be the place for Neptune from May 10th today through August 12th. So several months, a few months, I know it'll go by so fast. Um, and the solar plexus being the center for emotional awareness is about how are we going to either react or respond? Remember, we always have a choice. We can react. If we do that, then we are not in control or we are not in, we don't have choice. It's just the choice is being made for us. When we're in response, it's our taking the moment using our free will to choose how do we show up. Um, this is a gate all about correct timing and having the courage. And when we bring those together, miracles are created. This is in a quantum human design circuitry now called synergy and in the sub circuit called the miracle circuit. I love that, right? Miracles, right? So here we have boredom and we have restlessness. So all of us are going to be feeling that, right? If you don't have that gate defined in your human design, you're suddenly finding it defined. And if you find it suddenly defined, you may have been already sort of feeling this restlessness inside, this boredom that's triggering you to, to cause you to try to do something or to, to leap into things. So our challenge for this time period is going to be to try to keep ourselves in a peaceful place so that we don't let boredom or that restless energy cause us to jump into or out of things without proper preparation, right? The tendency here is to run off and do, but without really thinking about what the consequences might be or what I might need to take with me on that journey or who I should be with in that journey, uh, what do I need to have as a foundation for that journey? So we have to be able to plan, and this gate may cause us to short circuit that, right? To take a shortcut. I encourage you not to allow that to happen. Now, this is also a gate of breaking patterns. 
So it does allow us the ability to see where we've gotten caught up in a pattern and where we can break that pattern. And in this, it's about creating miracles with emotional alignment. So fortuitous for us to have this conversation today in the shadow of the new moon tomorrow, where intention and manifestation happens when we are in complete alignment, right? When we are aligned with the thoughts, with what we're saying, and with our emotional energy. So creating that uh, or avoiding that emotional crisis energy is uh, in part because we've prepared that we are willing to stay the course and go through whatever it need, we need to do in order to transform. So here we're being encouraged to stick with what we're doing long enough right? Long enough for the results. We have a tendency to want to quit too soon, leaping out of, and then leaping back into something else. Now, um, the mastery in this channel is about sustaining a vision and bringing it into reality, and thus breaking the old patterns of behavior that might have created chaos for you in the past from that leaping in or leaping out. The shadow energy is definitely leaping from opportunity to opportunity without waiting for manifestation to occur. Like I'm going to give it a minute and if it doesn't happen, I'm leaving. Right. <laughs> and then you miss the bus, right? You miss what was the juiciness that was just there if you had just waited. So it's about finding that balance between waiting and being patient and changing and transforming. So again, it's an exploration energy. So um, likely things are going to blow up on us a bit. And we need to be okay with that. We need to be able to use that as a way to gain emotional wisdom, to see how it is that we could use our emotions in a more um, coherent manner, right? And this is energy about being adaptable, being able to move through the different changes that are occurring. Now, this gate hanging here without anything at the gate 35 can be the point where you have uh, more access to the crisis energies. They might be your crises of your own making. It could be crises of other people's making, but you get caught up into the emotional energy of the crisis, whatever that might be. But remember crisis even is different for everybody, number one, but crisis occurs when we are emotionally reactive, right? We don't have to respond in that reactive way, we can actually respond and choose how it is we're going to show up in the turbulence or in the chaos that's created in this gate. So some of you may have the gate 35 hanging. The gate 35 is kind of the Jack or Jill of all trades. They have the experiences. They just need to be able to share those experiences. And here we have this ability then if you've got the gate 35 defined by birth, we have Neptune now at the gate 36, you may find yourself in a position of being able to share your wisdom and help people emotionally align, help others break their old patterns, etc. And uh, let's see if you uh, have this whole channel of transformation or change already defined, you're probably not going to notice much different. But Neptune being here at the gate 36 adds some more emphasis of a spiritual nature to your um, experience of that channel. So that gives you some ideas. Uh, we're still in this need to grow emotionally, to become more emotionally aware 
and more emotionally intelligent. So we don't get to escape that, right? We're in, we're in the time before that major solar plexus mutation occurs in human design. So it is right now where we're going to experience all the different flavors of emotion, all the different triggers of emotions, both for within us, but also as collective, uh, as people, um, as a nation, even uh, as the earth, even so that we can become more intelligent about how we use that emotion instead of that knee jerk you know, um, response to things that we don't like, or to people we don't like, that we whew, breathe, <sighs> that we take some time, even if it's only a moment, even if it's just a breath before we do something uh, or react to something that we may regret later. So we're, we're in the business of becoming emotionally intelligent, which is a completely different creature than becoming intellectually intelligent, right? So we've done this. Now we have to do the emotional part because we're becoming whole. That's the message, right? We are becoming whole and we've been separated. We've been in separation or duality and we're learning about how to bring us into wholeness, into oneness, into unity. So we do that step-by-step and sometimes it's going to be chaotic. Sometimes it's going to be emotional, but it's a journey that we all agreed to come on when we incarnated here on this planet. So make the best of it, <laughs> make the most of it, do your own work. And remember that these things always are going to keep passing through, right? These emotions are in the moment and we choose in that moment. We don't have to let it keep staining our, um, uh, our field of energy forever and ever. All right. Uh, let's see. Did I go through everything I wanted to go through? We didn't get to the Mars sextile Uranus. Just know that that's a good uh, energy together. They're working to help us build something of lasting nature, sustainability. Uh, that is it for me today. I will see you on Wednesday. I'm hoping YouTube and Zoom keep working together well, and I can be here on Wednesday. See you then. Take care. Have a great